You are listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. My name is Nathan. It is an honor to spend a few moments with you on this Wednesday evening. If you have never visited First Church Charlotte, we would love to host you. We would welcome you there. This is our midweek Bible study, and it is just a great honor for me to spend a few moments with amazing people like you. We have been talking about real spiritual warfare. We've been talking about uh, what Satan represents, uh, how he appeals to us, uh, both as a spiritual entity created by God that became our enemy through his choice. Remember, God didn't create Satan. God created a worshiper. Satan created the devil by choice, by focus, by intentionality. Uh, so we find us in the same, we find ourselves in the same way, picking our path. We find ourselves pursuing our spiritual way, so to speak, um, by making of ourselves who we will become. We are uh, creators like God who imaged us into existence. And the person we are creating is, our, is ourselves. And the great temptation is to follow in the path of Lucifer, which is not of itself the path of evil, it's the path of self. Evil emerges out of that life of exalting self above God. That is the source of evil. The real battlefield in our life comes to be how, uh, how we live with free will, what we make of ourselves. That's the real spiritual battle in our life. And I, I, love, I love that passage where the psalmist writes, this is uh, David writing as a psalm of repentance in uh, Psalms 52. He says, verse number 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Another translation, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Uh, when the Bible talks about free will, when the Bible talks about uh, how we live our lives, what we intend of ourselves, what we choose for ourselves, uh, the word most often used is the heart, this issue of the heart. And so David saying create in me a clean heart is his acknowledgement uh, that his heart is not clean. His heart is the place of spiritual struggle and battle, and he needs to be washed, he needs to be cleansed if he's gonna have any chance of turning his heart toward God and becoming in his choices a being, an entity that reflects the kingdom of God or the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of hell, which is a kingdom of self. Uh, so we, looked at Satan recently, and he believes a few things about all of us. Uh, he believes who we really worship is not God, but the vain self, that narcissist within, motivated to self-exalt, self-satisfy, and even worship, but only in a mirror. That's what Satan believes about created beings, that we protest God, and we do so by exalting self. Uh, the British philosopher Benjamin uh, Witchcoat said, and I love this quote, none are so empty as those who are full of themselves. This is a battle that happens within the heart, within the self, uh, and it is truly 
the the path the being you can tell I'm struggling with this I want to say it right I want to be clear I don't want to simply to have it to be some type of a philosophical um, blurb which at the end of the day you don't know what it means um, we we pick away and we do so often uh, with no small frustration and agony and that way is practical spiritual warfare how we pick what we choose is real practical spiritual warfare. I know it is natural for us to dramatize spiritual battle and place all the blame on Satan, but Satan's real insight is that you want to serve you, not Satan. You don't want to serve either God. You don't want to serve the devil. You want to serve you. But by serving the devil or serving the self, you join league with the devil, and by serving others, you join league with God. Uh, that language will come over and over and over in the New Testament, uh, where you find this, this call to service. In the kingdom of heaven, it's the one who serves who is exalted. In the kingdom of heaven, it's upside down. The one who seeks to exalt himself or herself is actually demoted. In the kingdom of heaven, the path forward is through charity one toward another. Uh, if you would be my disciples, then you have love one for another. Jesus is showing us another kingdom. And he's inviting us to ally with that kingdom by the act of our will. And when we do that, he will empower us. He will take care of the sin problem through his righteousness. And he will empower us to choose the way of heaven, the straight and narrow way, which is not about how religious you are. Uh, religion uh, can be just as much a servant to self as any other human institution. Uh, religion's not the way. In fact, uh, Jesus did not use sinners to define his ideological, theological, and spiritual opposite. He used religious people to define his um, ideological, philosophical, and theological opposite. So much so that the people who feared him most were not sinners, but righteous people. You see, even religion can serve the self. And that's the opposite of what Christ has invited us, us to do. Uh, if we don't address this battle of self-worship, uh, even our faith, even our religion will come to serve and exalt ourselves. And it won't matter if we use highfalutin language. It won't matter if we pretend to be super spiritual. It won't matter if we see angels and demons. At the end of the day, we're exalting, serving, reassuring self as opposed to identifying ourselves to the kingdom of God. Notice the language of a sinful world that speaks to the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And this is a passage you all can read this. What were they doing? They, uh, they were eating, drinking, giving in marriage, getting married. None of those things are a sin. What's the point of using that language? What's the sacred word trying to tell us? The issue is that they're serving self. It's just the way of created beings protesting God serving self. And so uh, we have to understand that following Jesus is a continuous act of turning away from self and submitting. We don't unself ourselves. Uh, we don't succeed in the manner of some Eastern philosophies of destroying the self. That's impossible. 
You're going to know God as you. You're going to be raised into newness of life as you. The goal is not self-destruction, it's submission of self. And the way you do that is by acknowledging a higher power, acknowledging a, a, a more glorious way, uh, putting God first. All that I have, it's God's. I'm just a temporary keeper of what is all his. This is the, the effort of acknowledging God and placing him first. Jesus' teaching uses uh, agricultural image that all of his hearers would have understood, talking about a, a tree uh, that is to produce fruit. Now, in this part of the world, uh, there are fruit-bearing trees, particularly, most famously, the olive tree. And there is a ton of effort, a tremendous amount of effort uh, in this part of the world, this time, uh, in producing this crop of olives that, of course, grow on olive trees. Jesus uses this as a teaching example. I'm reading in uh, Luke, Luke chapter number six. Uh, Jesus says, the good man brings good tidings out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, verse 45, chapter number six. Um, and this problem of sin is really a heart problem. You've heard all of this before. Sin is the symptom. The heart is, is the problem. And so Jesus, uh, in an, another place, Matthew 15, verse 19, he will explain to us that it's out of our heart that all evil comes, all evil thoughts, as well as murder, adultery, sexual immorality. Evil actions spring from evil desires. The mover, the motivator, was the desire. The outcome, the result, is the evil action. If we look at the Bible, we see stories of people who missed the way. Uh, even wise men like Solomon, the Bible says he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, 1 Kings 11, uh, verse number six through nine. Um, and he did it because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. His motivations became twisted. He got motivated by other things. This is a, a sentence, a direct language uh, sentence about motivations he, he lost right motivations and when your motivations get wrong um, your evil is soon is soon to follow um, and so this happens again and again through the prophet jeremiah to the people of israel the lord says wash the evil from your heart and be saved and um, this manifests itself in the kind of decisions we make in um, in our life you see as fallen humanity, we are in a state of sin that can only be corrected by Jesus Christ. Indeed, this is the gospel. Don't misunderstand the gospel. The gospel is not theological formula or debate. The gospel is this good news. It's a very specific language. This good news that Jesus has made a way for you to be saved. It really is that simple. It's good news. Your sin can be washed away. And so, uh, we, we feel this uh, reality, this challenge in our heart and in our life that um, we want to serve God, but our flesh oftentimes fights us tooth and nail. <laughs> uh, why is that? Because of the nature of sin in our life. Um, you've often heard me explain uh, that we keep dangerous animals locked up, uh, even if they've never hurt anybody. Why? Because it's their nature to hurt people. And even if they've never sinned, the problem isn't whether or not they've hurt anybody. The problem is what is their nature. So it is with fallen, uh, fallen humanity. In the beginning, God created us able to live without sin and placed sin as temptation in our life. Um, 
The result of that is when we sinned, we served self. Remember, Lucifer did not have power over us, and we did not decide to worship Lucifer. We decided to join Lucifer to exalt ourselves so we would be like God. Don't miss that. And so I emphasize that because it's easy for us to get immature theology that ends in heresy. Uh, heresy's bad doctrine. Um, it ends in heresy because um, what we think of the world is, um, you know, there's a, a good kingdom and a bad kingdom, and they're both vying for us. And uh, the good kingdom's barely beating the bad kingdom, and we're trying to fight back by serving the good kingdom. No, that's not the problem. Uh, God's kingdom's not barely beaten sin. The problem is the kingdom of self, Satan's way, is inviting us as created beings to follow in that way of exalting self to be a competitor with God, to, as it were, protest God, disagree with God, refuse to submit and exalt Him through worship. We're in heaven, we're in earth, He's in heaven. Um, this, is, this is the path. And so Isaiah and other prophets will say things like, oh, rebellious children who carry out a plan, but not mine. This is the Lord speaking. Who make an alliance, but against my will, adding sin to sin. Jesus changes all of this. And he becomes our righteousness, enabling us to have covering. And so when justice looks at us, it sees Jesus. This is the only way any of us are going to be saved. This is why um, salvation is the gift of God, not the accomplishment of the flesh. If we could do it through the flesh, we would have kept the law. Uh, but all failed to keep the law. And as a result, we are all condemned by the law. But remember, the point of the law was not to perfect us. That's why we have to be careful preaching scriptures about if you keep the law, then you'll be saved from the Old Testament. We have to be careful with that. That's bad theology. The law points out we can't keep it. It educates us to this truth. We need a Savior. And it's the victory of the cross that we celebrate. It is the exaltation of Jesus Christ that we celebrate. Uh, it is not us doing good, keeping the rules. It's Christ high and lifted up. That is uh, the gospel. So uh, we understand Jesus changed everything. And before, originally in creation, we could live without sin. The fallen humanity changed that and we could not live without sin because of the nature problem. Let me real quick give you some uh, scriptures to back that up. John uh, 3 and 6, what is born of the flesh is flesh. How about this? The mind of the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Notice those words. It cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot, repeating himself, please God. This is Romans 7 and Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. Paul says again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are a folly to him, and he is not able not sometimes he gets it, sometimes he don't. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, Christ becomes our righteousness and by the inhabitation of his spirit in our heart, the Holy Spirit, we host him. This allows us to live not without sin, but with a covering. We are now covered, covered by the blood. The problem with our justification of when we feel like we have sin or don't sin is we wouldn't know 
Even when we think we're without sin, pride is lying right there like a serpent in our, in our path. So now, how do we have access with God? Through Jesus Christ. And our sins are covered, which allows us to rise in new victory and that nature tr miraculously transformed by the presence of God in our life. We still choose the kingdom, but no longer is it an act of salvation. It's now an act of worship and submission. Do you see? Um, if we could keep the rules and then deserve salvation, Christ died in vain. That's not my opinion. Read you some New Testament theology. Um, we are able in some way through worship and love, not fear. This is not a doctrine of fear. Be good so God will save you. Uh, that, that's, 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 not, that's not what we are invited to, my brother and my sister. Um, we must, as an act of submission and worship, turn our hearts toward God. Our righteousness is no longer our own. It's His righteousness. So I see in Jesus Christ the greatest hope in all of the philosophies of humanity. There is no philosophy, religion, idea that better assesses the nature of the human heart and that nature of self-exaltation better than Christian doctrine. It's by far the best. Nobody else is even close to that summation of the human heart, that reality of human evil and that continual exaltation of self. Now you can couch it in philosophical terms. You can talk about Nietzschean will to power. You understand what I'm saying? You can use all types of uh, this uh, philosophical language, but the point is nowhere better defined than in the Word of God because Christian theology better states the condition of human reality and the path of Christian hope than any other philosophy, any other doctrine, any other religion, bar none, full stop, period, take it to the bank. That's why I'm a Christian. That's why I choose this way. Um, I see the greatest beauty, I see the greatest truth, I see the greatest value in the life, the way, the philosophy, the truth, the doctrine of this man, Jesus Christ, who shows us a way out of the wilderness of self by serving, by loving, by I must decrease, let's exalt God. He must increase. So let me put it in, in secular language because I love to do this for people who perhaps are unchurched and are trying to wrestle with these things. <laughs> if there is going to be any hope for humankind, I mean any hope whatsoever, um, it's going to be found through humbling the self, serving others, and nobody shows that better in all the annals of human history than the man Christ Jesus, who shows us the idea of the highest good, turning his back to save a creation that has fallen and saying, I will pay their debt. I will, I will carry their sin. I will die their death. When we choose to exalt God and humble the self, we turn away from our final word on things and instead we exalt God. This brings real spiritual consequences in our life. And by choosing Jesus, we turn in the exact opposite direction of self. It is, it is as though we repent, which means to turn 180 degrees and go the other direction. What do we repent from? I'll tell you, Lucifer life, which is the service of self. We repent from self. Remember, Satan didn't have power over Eve and Adam. He had influence. They chose to compete with God, not worship Satan. And so you turn from self 
And you now begin to walk toward God and you seek to model this Jesus way as you best can interpret it, which to sum it up is going to happen in three ways. It's going to happen through uh, worship. What's your highest good? What's your highest love? What's the most beautiful thing in your world? Through worship, uh, through witness, what is your focus? What do you speak about? What do you say to yourself and to others? And finally, through work, what kingdom are you representing? Is every one of your interests, uh, energy, effort about winning for self, exalting self, or can you prefer love and embrace others? This is spiritual rebirth from the fall, a way of self and sin. We are reborn to see that this kingdom is the exact opposite. And we get ahead by getting behind. <laughs> the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. And if it does, it brings forth a great harvest. Uh, we could go on and on with this. You have been forgiven much. You need to forgive others much. The way to save your life is to lose it. The way to lose your life is to try to save it. Okay, that's enough. I love you. God bless you. Hopefully I'll see you Sunday. It's going to be a great week. Uh, let's, let's come rejoicing. Lord, be with your people. Bless them. Let your word live vibrantly in their heart and life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.